Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I am your host, T-O-W-D. And this week's episode is jazam-packed on this Father's Day weekend. A very happy Father's Day to all the dads out there just like me. Again, a lot to dig into in this week's episode, so let's not waste any time. Giddy up, let's go. Oh, you can't just make this shit up, man. 2020. This is an actual news story that I came across the other day. Things look like they just keep getting worse for our fearless leader, Donald J. Trump. U.S. military could lose Space Force trademark to Netflix series. Yes, you heard me say that correctly. This is an actual story. Old Trumparoo proudly announced two years ago the newest branch of the military, and it looks like it could lose its first battle to the Netflix series Space Force. The streaming service premiered its new sci-fi comedy series Space Force on May 29th. I have yet to watch it. I would like to in the very near future here, but... uh, The show's name has no relation to the newest branch of the U.S. military. However, due to the common moniker, they could be headed to court instead of space. Attorneys for the U.S. military have done little to secure the Space Force name as a registered trademark. Shocking that some part of the Trump administration would fall flat on their face once again. Netflix, however, has been aggressively locking down the name in several countries. Both entities have plenty of room to maneuver without invoking much confusion. But I'm going to stop you there for just a second. Because, once again, I cannot say this enough. We have to tell people to regularly wash their hands. So I am quite sure that I can guarantee a sample of people will get the two confused. Netflix greenlit the 10-episode series in January 2019, created by Greg Daniel and Steve Carell. It stars John Malkovich, Steve Carell, and Brandon Schwartz. And it is now available on Netflix. As I said earlier, it debuted on May 29th. If it is successful, I can guarantee President Trump will get the two confused. Because, again, we need to tell people to regularly wash their hands. So, I can definitely see a potential trademark issue here. So, we shall see how this issue plays out. And let's be honest, if the show is successful... This will probably be another one of the many failures in the Trump administration. I need to check the show out, though, in all seriousness. I need to check the series out. I mean, I love, I don't know if you've watched the HBO series Avenue 5, which is set in space. I, I loved it. It's it's complete comedy. It's, it's a great series. Uh, it's from executive producers Armando Iannacci, which if I remember correctly, he's also an executive producer on Veep, another HBO series. Uh, Will Smith and Kevin Loder. It stars Josh Gad as Herman Judd and Hugh Laurie as Ryan Clark. And man, I love that series. 
Uh, it's really good. I suggest if you haven't seen Avenue 5 yet, you check it out. So I definitely would like to see Space Force and see how it compares. Um, so I need to make time and, and carve out some time to check out Space Force on Netflix. Uh, but Avenue 5 is a great laugh if you're looking for a good one, uh, and it's a really good series, and it will be back for a second season this year, so we have that to look forward to. Alright, so check this out. I was watching some reruns of The Big Bang Theory the other night, and it got me thinking. I was, you know, watching the show and Sheldon's character. For those of you who don't know the, the show, there's a character, Sheldon Cooper, on there, who is a gifted physicist. I'm watching the show, and there's different parts in the show where Sheldon's roommate agreement or Sheldon's relationship agreement comes up. And it got me thinking, and I don't know why I never realized this earlier, but this particularly the other night, it kind of dawned on me that it's kind of a rib on Albert Einstein. And I never really, I don't know why I never picked up it on it before. I mean, I, I should have been able to connect the dots um, between, you know, Sheldon being a young, gifted physicist and Albert Einstein. And, and I kind of, in the past, there's been references to Albert Einstein on the show via through shirts or... Um, you know, dressing as him for Halloween on certain episodes. There's, there's always been Albert Einstein references on the show, but I never specifically, I, it never really hit me that the roommate agreement and the relationship agreements were kind of a big rib on Albert Einstein. And I figured today I kind of go ahead and, and talk a little bit about that and, and kind of dig into what I mean by that, because a lot of people just know Albert Einstein, the genius. They don't really know Albert Einstein, the playboy. And that's kind of where the joke comes from with the roommate agreement and the relationship agreement. So, again, most people are very familiar with Albert Einstein. Theory of relativity, E equals MC squared. Uh, I mean, this is a, a, a young genius who most of his breakthroughs in science occurred by the age of 26. So just a genius, and it's been well documented science would not be the same without Albert Einstein. I mean, many of the things that we enjoy and, and experience today, uh, you know, from lasers to GPS to, to everything else, a lot of that, that foundation was in Albert Einstein's work. So I kind of want to shed a different light on him because, again, you study, you study Albert Einstein, the genius. Um, you know, for many years it was rumored that he worked on the Manhattan Project um, and that's always been a fuzzy area because he was critically important to the science of atoms and he was a huge contributor to the science of atoms. But the actual story behind that is was that he was denied security clearance in July 1940 uh, due to some of his pacifist tendencies. So he never quite worked on, even though he's always been linked to the Manhattan Project because of his contributions, to the science of atoms, he never actually made it onto that team. Now, it is true that after World War II, he did work to control uh, nuclear proliferation, but um, he actually did not work on the Manhattan Project itself, and he's been linked to that many times. But let me, let me digress and kind of get into the stuff that I want to talk about, about Albert the Playboy. 
because, man, not only was he a genius, but he was a trip. Um, and not necessarily in a good way either. I, I don't condone, as I begin to tell this story, I, I don't condone any of this. But uh, Albert was married twice. His first marriage was in 1903, and he married Maliva Marek, his college girlfriend. And they went on to have two children together. It's been said that Albert often shut them out because he viewed them as distractions. And that's kind of how a lot of geniuses are depicted. A lot of people who achieve great success, a lot of people who um, achieve greatness and, and make great contributions to the world, a lot of times you hear these stories about them shutting people out. I mean, heck, we just saw it in the, in the Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan. You saw how Jordan kind of shut people out and kept his world small because of distractions. Albert Einstein was the same way. A lot of geniuses and a lot of great men did that. You can also see the ties, as I mentioned, to Sheldon Cooper's character on The Big Bang Theory of kind of shutting people out and keeping his circle very small. That's what Albert did. Um, But this also included shutting out his wife and children. And Albert loved his children, but at the time they were a distraction. So that doesn't always lead to the best relationship. So Albert didn't always have the best relationship with his children, didn't have the best relationship with his wife either. That marriage ends, and in an odd twist, that is the life of Albert Einstein. In 1919, he marries his cousin, Elsa Lowenthal. And this is where it gets wild. Not because he married his cousin. You would think that was interesting enough. Although they never really specify where in line she was as a cousin, whether it was first, second, or third cousin, but it's it, it said he, he marries his cousin. Okay, so he marries Elsa. But here's, here's the kick to it. It is well documented, and I mean well documented, that old Albert had about six girlfriends during his second marriage. And the even wilder part was, Albert conducted these affairs publicly. He didn't hide any of them. Didn't hide them from his wife. Didn't even hide these girls from each other. He conducted all these relationships and all these infidelities and everything that he was doing, he conducted out in the open. Again, there could have even been more. I'm just saying there were six that we know were well documented. And this was during his second marriage. And Albert conducted these all publicly. And Elsa, she looked the other way. And the reason why she looked the other way was to remain his wife in the face of society. And think about that. How crazy is that? Like, so you have Albert, who's out there. Now, he's already had one failed marriage, and it happens It happens to the, to the best of us. You, you fail. You fail in relationships. You fail in marriages. It's, it's not the end of the world. But, you know, Albert has one failed marriage already. He's this great genius that often shuts people out because they're distractions to him. You know, he's succeeding at other things, but he's failing in life personally. And isn't that, isn't that like the story that you hear over and over again? It is very rare that you find somebody who has the balance of great success and great personal life. That's so rare to find somebody that has both. 
is a true gift when you can have balance in career and relationship. Because when you think about it, sacrifices have to be made somewhere. They either have to be made in your relationship or in your career. It just It's very hard to get that balance. Sacrifices are always made somewhere and, it, and the scales tilt. If you think about you know, Lady Justice and, and the scales of justice, they're gonna tilt one way or another. So it's very hard to have that balance of success in life in career and success in relationship. And Albert now is on to marriage number two, and he's just flaunting it. I mean, he's he's cheating, he's having extramarital affairs, and he's just flaunting it out there. Again, at least six well-documented relationships outside of his marriage. And Elsa is choosing to look the other way because she wants to remain his wife in the face of society. So even though Albert publicly, it's not like Albert's hiding this, Albert has publicly been seen with other women. And Elsa's mindset is to almost ignore all that because she'd rather be Mrs. Einstein to the face of society. But my question is, how did she think society viewed her to begin with because Albert was publicly having all these affairs. So when you think about things in modern times, you know, you would think that society would almost laugh in her face, the fact that she was still trying to hold on to being Mrs. Einstein while Albert was out there cheating. So it's really, it's, it's wild. It's crazy to think about. But this is where, again, and I know I'm a little bit off track, but not too much, but this is kind of how it got me thinking how the Big Bang Theory was kind of playing a rib on Albert. And, and I bring up the roommate agreement and the relationship agreement from the Big Bang Theory. This is where we kind of get the rib on Albert, and I want to tell you why. While he was married to Maleva, his first wife, he tried to control her with a list of rules. He included the understanding that she would serve feed and clean up after him but expect no affection from him who does that sound like right Sheldon Cooper the only time that he would engage with her was when necessary in public and social settings again if you've ever watched the Big Bang Theory who does this sound like and I'm laughing but it's also kind of sad because this is real this I'm laughing at it thinking of it in the context of the Big Bang Theory but this actually was real um And most repeatedly in his list was the notion that she was to stop speaking and leave quietly without protest. So there you have it, folks. Albert Einstein, super genius and super misogynist. If you never knew that side of him, Albert was a playboy, apparently he didn't think highly of women uh, by his misogynistic tactics. I mean, just that list of rules that he had for his wife, I mean, is, is almost the definition of misogyny. I mean, look at it. He, he tried to control his first wife. Uh, he actually had rules of she had to feed him, she had to serve him, she had to clean up after him and expect no affection from him. The only time they would engage with her was when it was necessary in public and social settings. I mean, that's wild. 
when you when you think about it that is wild here is this man that is so highly intelligent in some aspects and then just so narrow-minded and and close-minded when it comes to females and you know someone of the opposite sex this was completely random i happen to be watching the big bang theory i've watched the show for many years i never really picked up on the whole roommate agreement and relationship agreement kind of rib until the other night when it dawned on me i was like holy crap they're making fun of albert einstein This is going to be fun because it's a subject completely out of my wheelhouse. However, right now, on Random Thoughts and Best Regards, we are going to talk cosplay and Comic-Cons with the lovely, talented, and artistic Cassandra Ariel. Welcome. Hi, everyone. There you go. Welcome. In. Oh, Cassandra, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. World's world's a little crazy right now, so I'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear, you know, that... The pandemic and murder hornets and civil unrest and all that, uh, you're, you're surviving so yeah, far. taking it day by day, you know, fighting the fight and trying to stay positive. There, there you go. And, and I appreciate that about you. Uh, all right. So you and I are going to bond right now, Cassandra, because you are going to educate myself and the random thoughts and best regards listeners on cosplay. <laughs> but I'll first, first... Here's a challenge for oh, you. Oh, God. Okay. In a, in a few words, you don't have to dig deep, but in a few words, explain to us who Cassandra is. Huh. Uh, this is like one of those times where you're asked to stand up in front of a class and you forget <laughs> yep. everything about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, no, no, no judgments on your... Like I said, you don't got to dig deep. Just just educate our listeners just a little bit on, on who you are. What is Cassandra like? What is Cassandra like? Um, strong, supportive, loyal, artistic, bisexual, Wiccan ally. Love it. Well done. Well done. So, so, <laughs> oh God, so, so let's, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I at least got to throw, you know, one or two curveballs, but that, that'll be the last curveball I throw you. I promise it cosplay and comic cons i just just since you're new you wouldn't believe to random thoughts and best regards <laughs> and see right you you got this see i, I do you got this think on your feet you got this um so right off the mm-hmm. gate what is cosplay and why is it special um cosplay is it's i don't want to get the exact definition wrong but cosplay is uh dressing up and creating costumes and costume pieces for some of your favorite characters whether it be from books tv shows from uh comics anime movies literally anything in the pop culture or geek nerd world it can be honestly anything you want you can cosplay people if you want and uh to me it's so special because it is a way for me to become a lot of these characters that I idolize so much and that have had such a big impact on my life. And Uh the cosplay community, from what I have experienced, has just been so welcoming and open and just such an accepting place 
that you can it's somewhere where you can go and just feel safe and welcome when did you start uh i started cosplaying remember roughly um i can't remember exactly the year i think it was 2016 okay so not not too long ago. yeah about four no, years wait, four years five years four and a half years maybe <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you remember what your first cosplay oh, was? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I was Princess from the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had a, a whole Powerpuff Girls group. We had everyone, Bubbles, Blossom, Buttercup, and Professor X. And then me doing the villain like usual. I, I, that's that's awesome. And I appreciate you naming all them because mm-hmm. I have no clue who any of those are. I know who the Powerpuff Girls <laughs> are, so I, I, I give that. But, but I'm sure... There are those out there who are listening who know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, but hey, I get a half a point because at least I know who the Powerpuff Girls are. <laughs> um, give me and the listeners of Random Thoughts and Best Regards a cosplay you're most proud of. A cosplay I'm most proud of? It's honestly... Mm-hmm. What have you come up with? It's a tie between two of them. Um, my okay. first one is Toothless. Yes, the dragon. From <laughs> How to Train Your That's Dragon. Awesome because it is the first armor that I ever built but it is also oh, wow. uh, a costume that I completely designed myself that's and amazing I'm very proud that it is I mean obviously it's based off of you know the, the dragon and what he looks like but as a mm-hmm. human version this the whole thing was my own interpretation of it so how mm-hmm. sorry go ahead go no, go ahead how long did it take you said you you did the armor for how long did it take you to do something like um, that well since this was the first time I ever worked with EVA foam uh, in making mm-hmm. armor and using a Dremel to make the detailing patterns and it took me about maybe because I was con crunching <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish answering this question. Then I am totally asking you what calm crunching is. But go ahead. Maybe uh, about a month. Okay, nice. Now, calm con crunching. Wow, that is a tongue con twister. Crunching. Con crunching. <laughs> Obviously, and we're gonna talk about cons in in a little bit here. So, because I'm not I'm not done with the cosplay stuff mm-hmm. yet. But um, so obviously, I'm gonna use my common sense here. You got a short turnaround to the, the con to get this yeah. done? Yeah, so con right, crunching okay. is when you don't have a lot of time left in the before the con to get your costume done, and it's usually okay. what most of us cosplayers do. And <laughs> I was going to ask you how common it was. It's okay. the most <laughs> common. You. We procrastinate until right before the con, and then we're up until all ungodly hours of the morning panicedly getting our costumes done. But to be honest, I work better under pressure when I don't when I have okay. a really narrow timeline same same so I yeah understand i that. am <laughs> i can relate great when i don't have a a deadline so sometimes it takes me forever like azula the one that this is tied with um for my favorite is, okay. is azula from avatar Last airbender it's actually the most recent one i just did okay. um that one is the most intricate armor i've ever made and the costume itself was okay. kind of the toughest one i've done um but that one i have okay over five months to make so it took me much longer because i was really putting a lot of detail into it because i had time what and i hope i'm right here and forgive me if i'm wrong you is that the one that you just recently did that has the horns and that one <laughs> no because you just did it didn't you just do an airbender thing am i off here i i did too did it, see 
and don't hold this against me. I'm here to be educated. No, no, it's okay because it, it just it tickles me because that cosplay with the horns that you just mentioned is actually okay. Appa, the flying bison from our okay. Headless Airbender. It is, uh, uh, that one was awesome, by the way. You. I like that one. Didn't, didn't know who it was, obviously, but it I like it. It is a Ginjinka, which is basically the anthropomization of an animal to a human. Um, so it's a human version of an animal character. And that was actually a closet cosplay. Um, so the entire cosplay was made out of things that I already had and in my closet. So I already okay. had those horns. I had that wig. I just I added the um, the arrow on the top of the wig using eyeshadow actually, and wow, yeah, really? and the whole costume That's is made awesome. out of things that I already had. Azula is the one with um, the armor, the red. Um, that one was definitely not a closet cosplay. <laughs> Forever, <laughs> it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh, okay, I know which one. Okay, can uh, I'm on. I'm up to speed with you now. Continue. I know exactly which one you're talking that about. That was the okay. end of my sentence. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Okay. So I'm 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 good now with the the avatar characters. Yes. I got them I got them straight now. Um I realize there's probably a thin hair between this question and the one I just asked you, but creatively Cassandra, what's been your most fun ensemble creatively? Would it be similar to those two or would it be something different? Creatively, um I think mm-hmm. it was Azula for sure okay. because um I didn't just do the show version of her. I did kind of my own twist on it a little bit to make it more elaborate. So I added okay. um, golden dragons and phoenix to the armor. And I made it um, kind of a mix between the cartoon and what a, a more realistic version um, of that style of armor would be. So I'm very proud of kind of the design that I added myself into it. Is that common in that cosplay uh community or culture to to put your own twist on things to add things to it or Absolutely. is that just like a special yes okay. i am a very a big advocate okay. of that um there's some people who um it's a bit annoying but they will you know be like oh this isn't exactly like this character in order to cosplay you have to be exactly like the character <laughs> but the big- <laughs> I, I don't know why i just had a feeling i bet there are some people out there who are like who are that way but continue like I could just I could see them nitpicking. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because cosplay Place. cosplay it's something that you do for fun. It's something that you do to express mm-hmm. and to pay tribute and honor to these characters that you love so much and so many people put their own twists on characters, adding little things, doing their own interpretations. And I think that's beautiful and more people should do that because it's mm-hmm. it's creative. It's free creative expression. Sure. And you know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't look exactly like the character you know cosplay is there's a few you know solid rules in cosplay but for the most part cosplay is whatever you want it to be it could be something that you pulled out of your closet or something that you spent thousands of dollars making you know and i think that's one of the things honestly the more that i've been introduced to it and i honestly following you i've learned more about it which is why i wanted to have you on the show but the creativity is really what kind of amazes me um, because there is a lot of creativity to it. I remember and, and I'm going going back a little bit here, um, but when I had a job once upon a time at the Peabody right across the street from the convention center um, was an awesome job and what I used to do was sometimes on my lunch when Megacon was in town, I'd walk across the street to the concourse and see everybody's costumes and that was kind of my first real introduction to cosplay and um, you know like a, a con up close and personal um so again, it's it's a very creative 
society, which I think is is amazing. Um, I do like the fact that you do add your own twist to it because I, I think you're you're kind of taking something and owning it and and making it your own. So I think that's very cool. Um, what is the longest it's taken you to put a cosplay together? I know you I know you con crunch and you do better under pressure, <laughs> but but what's the longest it's taken you to put one definitely together? Azula? That was like four and a half months. Okay. Okay. But it was also like I kind of took advantage of the quarantine time too, so I had mm-hmm. uh, more time to spend on things, to set it aside, step away from it for a bit, walk back to it. Because sometimes when you work so long on one thing, you start to get burned out. Okay. So I definitely took my time in making Azula. That's definitely understandable. I guess you know, similar. I guess like almost creativity block or like a writer's block if you're working on something constantly you just get to a point where you have to step away what's been and i think you just told me and then i apologize because i didn't make a note of it but what was your most recent cosplay again uh azula was my i know you just told me thank you and i'm sorry i should have been a better host i wrote that down on a piece of paper when you told me i've been doing a lot of uh, closet cosplays because working on azula it really did burn me out from making a big uh build so I've been doing a lot of really fun little closet cosplays. Like I just did uh, Scar as well. A really intricate Scar okay. from the Lion King makeup and a closet cosplay to put together another human version of that. I do a lot of human version of animals. <laughs> I do humans too, I swear, wrong with that. I swear to God. Hey, hey they're, doing, they're doing, you know, human versions of all different kind of movies now that once were animals so there's there's definitely nothing wrong with that um what what's it give me an example of a human one um oh my gosh i have a long list uh megara is my most popular one and esmeralda as well um and okay. poison ivy jean gray uh officer jenny uh azula is human <laughs> okay um i'm about to oh no she's not human she's an alien never mind is is there a uh, a genre or a particular show or is there is there something that you've done a lot of like from the same sort of world or does that make sense yeah, the question um, that I'm asking like I've done a good amount of Disney cosplays uh, okay and then recently the two from Avatar and I actually have okay. plans to do beach versions of Azula stuff and maybe a Kyoshi warrior. So I have kind of a lot of Avatar stuff planned, but a lot of superhero stuff too and Star Wars. Okay. Would Azula, would that have been, had there been a Megacon, would that have been one that you would have gone with for Megacon or did you have other plans oh, for no, that? Oh, no, specifically for Megacon. All right. Well, that was part one of my interview with Cassandra about cosplay. Be sure to tune in for part two of my interview with Cassandra on the July 10th episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. Once again, part two coming up on the July 10th episode in two weeks of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. We will talk about anime and the only one I know, One Punch. Uh, We'll talk about me coming home and having a shot of whiskey and apparently Pac-Man ghosts roaming around hotels in Atlanta. Don't want to miss this. It only gets better from here. Cassandra Ariel back for part two of our discussion with cosplay on the July 10th episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards.
transmission interrupted. Classification initiated. Transmission resumed. So let's talk about the return of professional sports, and this might be a take that might surprise some of you, especially when we get and focus on the NBA, which will be a large majority of this. They're going to play out this season till October, and then they're going to start the next season in December, giving players only two months of rest. When does the 2021 season end? When does the 2022 season start? You know, is this a permanent shift in the NBA season? I can see a lot of injuries ticking up, in 2021 because the guys are only going to have about two months of rest you got to think they've been off for three months you're going to throw them back into uh, competitive games and then they're going to be off for two months and then back into an entire season I, I just I question that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, I do think it will be a nice healing advantage for the Kevin Durant's, Kyrie Irving's, and Clay Thompson's of the league. I mean, they should be super healthy by the time December comes. I, I just feel like this is a giant waste of time. I mean, it's June already. It's June. The next NBA season, if they didn't touch anything, would start in October. July, August, September, October. Four months. Four months. Why, why do we need to restart why do we need to do this? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And the one reoccurring theme that I keep going over and over, and this goes for all professional sports. I'm, I'm picking on the NBA right now, but this goes for all professional sports. I keep hearing them say, well, America needs a distraction. No, that's the last thing we need right now. We don't need a distraction at all. What we need to do is we need to be paying attention more than ever. There's no cure for COVID-19 right now, and there's blood in our streets through racial injustice and racial tensions and police brutality. We need professional sports back because we need a distraction? No. No. Professional sports is so minuscule in the grand picture of things. Don't hand me that BS that we need it back because we need a distraction why you need it back NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball is you need it back because of your contract money so don't don't BS us this is, this is advertising this is TV contracts that's the only reason why it needs to come back nobody wants to see empty arena games come on you, you think people want to see it because again, finger quotes uh, Americans need a distraction but no, there's no need for this this is pointless 
And the only reason why you're doing it is, again, because of contracts and financial reasons. And I'm sure, listen, I'm not going to say I know everything uh, about the NBA's finances and I know everything about the NHL's finances and, and, you know, all the other professional sports leagues. I'm not saying that. I'm sure you have your reasons financially as to why you have to do this. But don't hand me some, some song and dance that we need our professional sports back. The NBA is being hosted at Disney, right? Come on. Do you think we're a bunch of idiots? Why is it being hosted at Disney? Who owns the NBA TV's right, TV rights? Oh yeah, Mickey Mouse does, right? All right, funny how that works out. It's just, it's crazy to me. I mean, I get that certain businesses need to operate. I, I understand that with us not having a cure for COVID-19, there are certain businesses that need to operate. Our economy can't stay shut forever. Professional sports, not so much. I mean, there's even been talk about the NBA looking into what some of the foreign soccer leagues are doing, which is placing trackers on their players. Listen, if we're at the point where you need to place trackers on your players because COVID-19 is still an issue and a spike is still an issue and you're concerned about safety and where your players are traveling to, perhaps, just perhaps, maybe, that's an indicator it's not time to restart the season. I just, this whole thing kind of blows my mind. And it's not just, you know, hockey's doing it too. Again, I, I, I openly admit I'm picking on the NBA right here. But I love basketball. And I'm not going to hide that. But I think it's more important that because I love basketball so much, I use them as the example. Um, you know, we don't need professional sports in this country right now. What we need to do is we need to be focused on everything else that's going on. We need to be focused on finding a cure for COVID-19. We need to to have uh, systemic change in in our country's civil rights and, and how all different races are treated. And we need to work on the equality in this country. And we've got an election that we need to be focused on more than ever. We don't need professional sports at this time. We will be okay waiting for the NBA to start in October again. We will be okay waiting for the NHL to start in October again. We will be okay waiting for whenever the NFL starts. If the NFL can't start till September or October, we will be okay. It's a game. It's a bunch of grown men being paid a lot of money to play a professional game. There are so many people in this country right now who are unemployed. There are so many people who have faced illness or death. I, I don't need sports in my life right now. I'm perfectly fine watching the game. Hey, if I need a distraction, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, if I need a distraction, you know what my distraction will be? I'll watch the classic games that you've been running because those are fun. I just, I, I, I don't want to be fed the line that we need professional sports back because it's a distraction. Professional sports are coming back because of money and because of contracts. They're not coming back because it's safe and and COVID-19 isn't a problem anymore. There's grave concern over what they're going to do to the point where, and again, here's another thing, NBA. So you're thinking that it might not be safe for some of your coaches to come back. Alvin Gentry was one of them of the Phoenix Suns because he's in a high-risk 
uh, percentile, well, then you know what? Then it's not time to come back. If all your coaches can't come back and they can't come back safely and healthily, then you know what? It's not time for you to restart the season. It's that simple. And now you're shifting everything. We're going to have teams that aren't coming. Only 22 teams are going to be coming. So now you're going to have the other remaining teams who haven't played games in years and months. So you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with that. Uh, It's just, I think this is just creating more of a mess. So the NBA right now, what they're slated for is to start the season on July 31st. It's been approved by the league. It's been approved by the players union. Now, that's not even saying that it's a go yet because they're not even certain that this can happen. So they can't even give this a hard date yet. That's how uncertain they are. There will be a draft lottery. A lot of people have quite, well, what about the NBA draft? Now, because the season's going longer, now this affects the NBA draft. Instead of it, instead of them just leaving things the way they were and just having a virtual draft in June, just like the NFL had their virtual draft when it was regularly scheduled, if the NBA would just leave things as they are and have their virtual draft in June and start the regular season in October, I don't understand what the big deal is. But the 14 lottery teams would be the eight teams that do not participate in the restart and the six teams that participate in the restart but do not qualify for the playoffs. So it will still be the 14-team lottery like we're accustomed to. It will just be in the month of August, apparently, um, for the selection of that. Then the draft itself will be October 15th. Again, that's assuming everything starts on the 31st. So now we're talking about an NBA draft in October, which is when the start of the season would have been prior. And the start of the season, now the 2021 season, will start in December. December 1st, to be exact. Again, if everything starts on the 31st. But the NBA is not even sure that they can pull this off. The NBA is not even sure yet if they can start this on the 31st. I just, I don't. And again, I know it comes down to money. I know that's the bottom line here. It's money. So I sit here and try to say I don't understand the reasons, but I, I, the reason is money because I don't understand why else you go through all this hassle and, and all these tentative plans and all these hoops that you're jumping through to try to restart a season when we're four months away from you just starting a full season like normal. Um, you know, when I say like normal, again, you still have to deal with COVID-19. You still have to deal with empty arenas. You're still going to have a lot of issues that you have to deal with but it's crazy right now and I just think it's such a push to get things back open and it's such a push to get sports started again I just is it really the time in this country is it really necessary right now I mean do we really need sports again like I said there are so many more things that we should be focusing on we don't have a cure for COVID-19 yet it's still a real thing it's still it's still out there we've got protests in our streets uh, rightfully so Um, for very valid reasons we've got an election coming up we've got people who are unemployed we've got people who are dying still sports is minuscule at this point and and this is a guy who loves it this is a guy who loves the game of basketball i just don't really understand the point Yeah, maybe I'm not done talking about this just yet. Uh, I thought I was, but uh, I just, I'm starting to now even seriously doubt if we have a finish to the NBA season because it just, the more I look at this, it just doesn't make any sense. If you figure now, we are six weeks out. So this Father's Day weekend will be about six weeks out from 
the restart of the NBA season. If you look at the way cases are spiking right now, especially in Florida, where the NBA and MLS will restart their seasons at the Wide World of Sports at Disney, what are the cases going to look like at six weeks from now? If they're spiking now, and we still have six more weeks of numbers going up, I mean, right now, it's between uh, 1,500 to 2,000 new cases a day in Florida. And we see it spiking all over the South and the Southwest. I am really starting to put doubt on if there is even going to be an NBA season or a restart to the NBA season, which again, I thought was foolish to begin with, but now you also have players like Kyrie Irving coming forward and saying, hey, there's bigger issues. Now, granted, Kyrie wasn't going to play anyway due to injury, but you have players like Kyrie Irving coming forward and saying, hey, bigger issues going on right now. We need to keep our eye on the ball with those instead of going back and starting, you know, a remainder, a finish of a season that really at this point to me is just pointless. And I, and I think there are a lot of players who are starting to feel that way. Yes, the players union and those who voted, voted to come back and restart the season, but it was not a vote of all players. And, you know, we heard there was over 120 to 150 players who are leaning not towards coming back due to some of the uh, racial injustices that are going on and just fear of being protected. And again, with cases going up, and hey, the reality of it is we're seeing the bubble pop. I've said it over and over again, the shit is not going away. People need to wear masks. People need to social distance. This is not going to magically fly away. Coronavirus is not going to magically go away until we give the scientists and you know all the smart medical people a chance to really work on this, study it, and come up with a vaccine. We're seeing it all over. We saw the Dallas practice facility, Ezekiel Elliott testing positive, along with other Dallas Cowboys. We've seen it with the Houston Texans practice facility, players testing positive. We've now seen it at the WWE Performance Center, recruits testing positive. We've seen it at the University of Houston, football practice, recruits testing, or players testing positive. We've seen it at Alabama, players testing positive. We've seen it at Clemson, players testing positive. So there's a theme here, people, and no matter how safe you try to make your bubble, I just don't think it's going to work. And especially with cases going up in Florida, I am starting to seriously doubt the likelihood of the NBA finishing the remainder of this season. Wow, what a show. Lots and lots of stuff we unearthed and dug into today. I appreciate all of you for joining us for this week's episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. Once again, I am your host, Teal Double D. Hey, today is Juneteenth. For those who don't know, probably should know, this marks the actual end of slavery in the United States. I put an asterisk next to that because it came two years after the Emancipation Proclamation when Texas finally got their shit together and decided let's get with the program. (sighs) United States of America. Gotta love it. Um, Again, busy episode this week. I 
thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we will be off for two weeks. Random Thoughts and Best Regards is taking a little summer vacation. Some goofy dude, I think, has a birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Uh, and then it is Independence Day, July 4th. So we're going to take two weeks off. We'll be back with a brand new episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards on July 10th that will feature the second part of my interview with Cassandra Ariel. And we will talk more cosplay. And hey, how about her? Round of applause for Cassandra. She was dope today. Uh, you're going to want to listen to part two of my interview with her because it only gets better. Uh, also on that episode, I'm going to talk about Six Flags New Orleans, an abandoned theme park in New Orleans since 2005. Really interesting stuff. I encourage you to come back in two weeks, July 10th, for a brand new edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. In the meantime, you can go ahead and catch up on some old episodes. Wink, wink, nod, nod. That sounds like a great idea to me. And want to take this moment, again, I said it at the top of the show, want to reiterate it, a very happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially to my dad, John. I want to give him a shout out because without him, man, he is a rock star and he has set such a standard and such a bar for me when it comes to being a father to my son, Jonah. Uh, I love you, Dad. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, You're the best. Uh, Once again, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back right here for another episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards in two weeks, July 10th. Thanks for listening to my dad's show.